No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. In 2015, our next guest, Rebecca Timlin Scalero, was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. She was told at the time that she had perhaps three years to live. A college soccer player at Fairfield University in Connecticut, an athlete all her life. She's written passionately and humorously about her life as a cancer patient, attracting national attention, raising awareness and money as well through her foundation. Rebecca, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's great to have you here on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, I, I'll concede, Rebecca, that the uh, sports hook uh, for our interview isn't necessarily very strong, but we don't really care since you played at Fairfield U um, at the same time as my colleague Andy Tennant, the executive producer of E60, who, who claims that he was a great college player at Fairfield. I find it hard to believe. What can you tell us? I'm going to take his word for it. I was too busy playing myself. So, you know, oh. and you really... D1 soccer is not enough of a hook for your for your uh, audience. I can see that, I guess, but it's, <laughs> well, it's my bragging rights to my ten year old son. So I, I, I'm just saying <laughs> it's 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 been a while. Um, <laughs> let, let me ask you, Rebecca, as a former college soccer player, D1 soccer player, what, what did it mean to you to see the U.S. women win the World Cup in France? Well, I'll tell you, my coach at Fairfield, we were lucky enough to have Debbie Bel- Debbie Belkin, who had won that. World Cup herself one year, and um, she was named All World Best Defender in 1987. So she, we got her right off, right hot off the press um, after winning the World Cup in the 80s, and she was. We were lucky enough to grab her at Fairfield um, for the first year of our D1 program, the women's program. And then she went on to coach at UMesh, but um, but yeah, so it meant the world because you know. I knew her very well, obviously, after they had won the World Cup then. And I also played against um, Christine Lilly in high school. So, oh, of course. Like, you know, to see her there after the game and everything, she was part of the after ceremony. And I actually knew a lot of players on the team because my foundation had partnered with the New York Flash. And we also did a partnership with the Boston Breakers at one point um, when I first started the foundation. So, so some of those women were part of my uh, foundation fundraising. Um, a, a couple of years ago, coming off the Olympics. So it was pretty cool to see them. I mean, they're unbelievable. They're just unbelievable. They're unstoppable. And you mentioned Christine Lilly, I believe, from Wilton, Connecticut, uh, which is next, just next door to Fairfield. Yeah, yeah. So we played against each other in high school. Yeah. Pretty great player. And, uh, and Alyssa Nair is from Trumbull, which is on the other side of Fairfield, uh, the goalkeeper. That's right. So Connecticut's uh, representing, yes. Now, today, if I were to try out for a D1 team today, I would not even be allowed to bring them water. I can assure you of that. <laughs> but at the time, I was in the right place at the right time, and I was so lucky to play. And, yeah, that's how Andy and I know each other, and it was great. It was just a wonderful experience. And um, I brag about it every chance I get to my son, who's a little soccer player now. So We're speaking with Rebecca Timlin Scalera. Uh, whose foundation uh, to combat metastatic breast cancer, the Cancer Couch Foundation, has raised more than $2 million in the last few years. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've read some of the things that you've written over the last few years, Rebecca, and they're moving and they're funny. Um, and you've inspired so many people with the way that you've chosen to live your life as a cancer patient 
and and fight the disease. Um, what has it been like for you to find yourself in a position to inspire people and to raise money and awareness? Well, you know, after um, my, you know, illustrious soccer career, because <laughs> I went on to uh, become a psychologist, a neuropsychologist, and actually what I ended up doing um, really after 9-11, because I was doing a lot of trauma work in the city, then I just kind of found myself in the place and the time that that was needed. I worked a lot with trauma patients um, and, and right up until my diagnosis. And what I realized when I was diagnosed with stage four cancer is that I needed to take a page out of the lessons I learned from my patients that were, had gone through hideous traumas. I mean, you name it, and I had seen it, and I'd been on the other side of the couch listening to it. And what I had to draw upon was their resilience, the resilience that I had watched um, in my patients all those years. And I thought, okay, now it's my turn. I need to put my money where my mouth is, and you either buckle under this or you put your head up. And, and I think, actually, that's where I will say that being an athlete and having to stick it out, even when you're, you know you want to collapse, um, there's maybe something in that. I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg. If that that drive made me an athlete, or being an athlete, you know, gave me that drive. But either way, you know, it's kind of like digging deeper when you think your your tank is completely empty. Um, it never is. It never is. And I just figured out like that's a better way to live, like with your head up and your head down, because you know we don't know how much time we have left. But it sure feels better to um, go around fighting it and, you know, with your head up rather than giving into it because then it's got you already. So I, I somehow found some resilience. And the reason that I even talk about being an athlete at all is that what I want people to understand is that I was as healthy as you can see. I was a lifelong athlete. This disease does not discriminate. So sometimes it's easy when you see somebody, you know, they've lost their hair from cancer and they maybe don't look like you or they don't look that, that healthy. I'm just like everybody else. And if this disease could happen to me, believe me, it could happen to anyone. And I don't say that to scare people, but to engage people and to realize, like, if we don't all do something to further a cure for cancer, because there is no cure right now. And, and the reason I started with the foundation was that I realized that people thought breast cancer was like the good cancer to get. They thought, oh, you guys are all set, all those pink ribbon money. Well, no, the pink ribbon money has not gone to stage four. Once it metastasizes, I almost have more in common with somebody with lung cancer than I do with early stage breast cancer. Once cancer metastasizes outside of the original area, that is what kills you. And there's been very little research money in the breast cancer world put towards it. And that's why I want to make a difference. And so my foundation only funds research for stage four metastatic breast cancer. And one in eight women will get breast cancer in their lifetime. And 30% of people with early stage breast cancer will eventually metastasize. It'll be stage four and men get breast cancer too. And when men get it, they often will get it. And it's already at stage four because they haven't had the screening that women do. And a lot of people don't realize that, that men get this disease as well. And 100% of the donations to the Cancer Couch Foundation benefit uh, research into metastatic breast cancer at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute uh, in Boston and Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York. We're speaking with Rebecca Timlin Scalera. Um, who's been such a strong and important advocate for those combating the disease and for those who are trying to find cures. Um, you wrote a column in the Washington Post that was widely read last year, and it was about, um, well, it was about uh, a Chanel coat 
um, and it touched it touched a lot of people. Um, could you could you tell us what what you were trying to say uh, writing about that Chanel coat? Yeah, I mean, I think that was sort of a symbol for like you know, yeah, I didn't really maybe have anywhere to wear that coat that week or that month or that year, or whatever. But I wore the chemo. You know, it was a used coat, by the way. Most people think I'm a complete prima donna. Um, it was a used coat that I bought in Paris <laughs> with a friend on a trip, and I said I don't really have anywhere to wear this, but I'm wearing it to chemo. Kind of that's sort of the symbol for like you know, you have a choice with how you live your life, what you're going to do with it, no matter what cards you've been dealt. You know, so that was kind of just a way to encourage people like doesn't matter. You could dress yourself up and go to chemo. You could do whatever you wanted to. But that's how you take your power back from a disease like this. And and, and for you day to day and and unfortunately, you are dealing with so much uncertainty about your future. Um, what keeps you going? My kids. I have two kids and a husband. So that's it. There's no option. There's no there's no question. That's it. You know, for me, for me, it's different for everybody, but that's it for me. Yeah, it's them. Where do you stand right now, Rebecca? Um, so I'm on a trial and it's kick the can. You know, you you um, pray to God that if when this stops working, that there's another one out there. And the one that I'm on wasn't even around um, a year and a half ago when my cancer metastasized. So that's how new um, these drugs are, and that's how much real time we are talking about. Like we need, they need this money now. Um, the people that I fund, the two labs that we fund, have put out three papers in the time we've been funding them. So I mean, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars to a lab, it goes a long way. They can flesh out an idea, write a paper, and then they go for the big money. But they need the seed money to flesh out ideas. So when people think like they can't do anything, or my twenty five dollars might not do anything, believe me, it does because we get it to the right people. Your message is one of great positivity and hopefulness. Um, have you seen, spoken to people who have been moved by your message, inspired by your message? Uh, and and how does that make an impact on you? I have. And you know what? Um, you know, what? I was recently lucky enough to be on the Today Show launching this um, campaign we have going on, Reason for Freeze and NBC, um, which was really modeled after the Ice Bucket Challenge. And we're asking people to, like, eat something cold and, and then donate and challenge friends and everything. And we have a whole website for it, Reason for Freeze and NBC.org. And it's great. And, and once I, when I was, after I was on the Today Show, I heard from a lot of women who had lost their husbands to this disease because I mentioned on the Today Show that men get breast cancer too. So like one person reaching out to me like that and saying, thank you so much for validating and for letting people know like about this because my husband died from this disease and nobody really gets it. And, you know, and then, um, you know, I heard some other people, women who are struggling with this disease and saying, I was just diagnosed a month ago and it's a horrible prognosis, but I saw you and it gave me hope. And just hearing from one person like that keeps me going because it's not easy, obviously, to to run a foundation while you're going through treatment and everything. But those hearing from people like that, that keeps me going. That inspires me actually when I get that kind of feedback. And, you know, what I would say to people is that, you know, no matter what it is, if you hear, if you have a diagnosis like this or whatever it is you're going through in your life, it's the middle of something. We don't know how it's going to end. And that's a great sports analogy. And that's something I got from my sports days is that, you know, until the last minute, you don't know how something is going to end until the absolute last minute of a game. And we're in the middle of life. We're in the middle of, you know, trials, tribulations, and victories. So keep going to the last minute. And um, actually, um, you know, I think it's a good way to go through life. Is it's not over till it's over. So I'm not going to give up. 
give it give it your all until the end. That's a great message. Um, thank you for joining us. We're speaking with Rebecca Timlin Scalera. Her foundation is the Cancer Couch Foundation, and as she just said, there's a website now. Uh, it's Reason, number four, Freezen, F-R-E-E-Z-I-N, M is in Mary, B is in Boy, C is in Charlie, dot org. Or thecancercouch.com. That's easy, too. Thecancercouch.com is my regular website. That's easy. Well, Rebecca, thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, I'm sorry you couldn't... Uh, give us uh, a truer and more honest assessment of Andy Tennant's career at Fairfield University. <laughs> but you're a good friend. So great wings fan. You, you weren't, you weren't going to, you weren't going to disparage him. I understand. I, 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 <laughs> I appreciate that reluctance. Thank you so much. Good luck with everything. And I uh, hope to speak uh, again soon. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the time. I'm Jeremy Schapp. And you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.